episode 193 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony and sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, is my pal DeQuincy. Hey everybody and uh, happy Bobby Manila Day. Happy Bobby Manila Day indeed. Maybe my favorite day of the whole year. It is a day where I, I a day of infamy. Ex- <laughs> on, on a day where I'm not expected to receive a gift of any kind. Mm-hmm. My favorite day. Yes, because we are gifted the Mets incompetence, which is all was just the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Have you ever um, actually done research on that entire contract thing? You know how kids, uh, how parents read Christmas stories to their children on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve or Christmas Day, a yearly tradition. Mm-hmm. That's my yearly tradition on Bobby Bonilla Day. I read some article <laughs> detailing. It's the story of, of Bobby Bonilla Day. Yeah. And uh, it, it's a story that, that never gets old. It's just mm-hmm. like uh, the night before Christmas and, and all through the house. Uh, it, it's one of my favorite stories to read once a year. It's a crazy story. I was listening to a ESPN um, YouTube video, video on it, and I didn't realize – I guess I had never looked like it, it was the second time that they had traded for or had gotten vanilla because mm-hmm. they signed them. And then I believe they traded for him after the signing went bad. And I was like, <laughs> good old Mets just, just constantly fuck things up. <laughs> and um, when you look at it afterwards, like, yeah, they paid him all this money. They're still paying him all this money, but um after they traded him, it opened up enough money for them to get Mike Hampton. Right. Yeah. Who helped them make the world series. What was that? 2000. 2000. That had to be 2000. Yeah. Uh, Against the Yankees. Yeah. All right. That was the subway series. Yeah. So help them get to the world series in 2000. And also the, uh, after uh, Mike Hampton left and signed with Colorado because of their excellent school system. <laughs> you read that article sorry, today, too? I'm sorry. Uh, no, I always remember that because this is the greatest liar you can tell when you just don't want to be honest and say, oh, it's the money. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, so they got a compensation draft pick for that. And the draft pick, do you know who they chose with that draft pick? Yeah, I just read the, the article. It was, uh, I, I read a different version of this story every year and to this year was the impact that mike hampton had on bobby bobby bonilla day which had the impact on the mets uh drafting um uh oh gosh i just forgot his name their (laughs) third david wright uh with a compensation pick in like 20 2001 or something like that yeah so what of being you know one of their best players ever yeah around about way them um pay, they're paying for Benio, but they're paying for David Wright, who's like 
it definitely in the Mets Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just, it's always a story. Like, and they're talking about how deferred money, it's not a new thing. It's been around since like the 70s. Catfish Hunter had in his contract back in like 1975, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Max Scherzer has it now. Oh, yeah. Max got, Scherzer. I believe so. I believe Zach Grinke as well had in his last contract. So, and uh, oh, there's a hitter has a well, the name escapes me. But yeah, it's not, it's not anything new. Just, I just don't think we've ever seen something this big or, or rather for a uh, deferred contract going for this long. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my brother um, texted me that today. He was like, he, out of the blue, he was like, happy, happy five minute of day. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of this holy day. <sighs> but we're going to talk about baseball today. And uh, we're going to start talking about the Astros. They just had their nine game New York series. Mm-hmm against the Mets and the Yankees um, went seven and two. And I hate to be this kind of fan, but that almost feels like a disappointment because they, they realistically could have gone nine and one. Yeah. Nine and oh, I'm sorry. Because the Yankees never led in any of those games until they had the two walk-offs mm-hmm. both by Aaron judge. And you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, th- that that Yankee series specifically because the Mets series it is what it is. I was anticip- I was expecting us to to take care of business, even though the Mets you know they're not a joke. They're you know they're a good team, um, but I, this you know the Astros are just you know they're just better. It is what it is. But with this Yankee series, um, even though the Yankees had to come back and get the walk offs it's a reminder how evenly matched up these teams can be because yeah, we went three and two overall against the Yankees this week. Um, there was no, well, we went three and two and we threw a no hitter, a combined no hitter. Um, but other than that, not you know, just that they, the Yankees didn't have a hit for, a uh, combined sixteen and one third innings <laughs> over two over two games. That was like they couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. And you really think these two teams are even? Well, offensively, I think so because they were able to come back, and we blew a three a three zero lead and then a six three lead in one game. So right there, that tells you the Yankees can come back and they can come back in a hurry. Um, and if you do that, all you need is, a, you know, some good luck with your pitching. And so it's going to be if and when we, they, you know, the Astros match up with the Yankees in the playoffs, it's going to be another dogfight. I don't think it's going to be, you know, obviously you hope, you always hope that, you know, you're the team you're rooting for sweeps. You always hope for a quick out, but, um, this is, it's going to be a dogfight, I think. Yeah. It could very well go seven games like it has the past few years. Um, I just like everybody talking about, oh, man, we're going to have one hell of an AC, 
ALCS between the Astros and Yankees. I'm like, it's yeah. baseball. I would not bet on that. <laughs> like, it's more likely that someone, either the Jays, the Rays, or like the Twins, fuck that up. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it'll be for the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, cross your fingers. Um, yeah. But me personally, I don't really feel like these teams are like watching them play together and yeah this might be just me being a homer but i didn't feel like these teams were all that even if anything the yankees kind of just took advantage of the astros bullpen being tired mm-hmm. at no point that i ever feel like, i mean watching the games of course you're nervous because it's almost playoff baseball and you kind of want to measure yourself against the best in the league but right. watching them play you know after the fact after watching these five games it's like I feel like one team is is well ahead of the other, and it's not the team with the better record. Like I walked into work after uh, to, after yesterday's um, win, and you know my uh, coworker, uh, he's from New York, he's a Yankees fan, and you know we've been talking shit back and forth the entire series. And oh boy, <laughs> I, I went in, I laid into that. I told him, one of us <laughs> definitely feels more confident right now than the other. <laughs> and it's true. Like if you're in the front office of either one of those teams, I guarantee you that the Yankees got to be feeling like they need to pull off some kind of surprise move more than the Astros do. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, they and they typically do, but that and that's nothing new with the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees have always done that, even when they were, you know, winning World Series left and right. I mean, they well under George, yeah, under right. um, they were which, definitely a team that would would make a move to do which, something. Which time, brother, son is still with us? Is it Hal? Uh, no, I think it's Hank. Okay, Hank's still with us. Under Hank, they've been acting like the damn rays like they've been afraid to go over the luxury tax i think they're finally over it this year oh it is hell you're right I'm oh how so with us all right yeah um r.i.p hank but um ever ever since george died and his sons taking over the team they treated that luxury tax like it's um like it's an electric fence they're afraid to go near it <laughs> right. i think this like i said this year i think they, they've gone over it and with the way the team is going with the run they've been on i'm they probably are going to have to go a little bit further just to satisfy their fans. Mm-hmm. But I think they're in watching them. They're in a, more of a dire need of a trade, especially their outfield. They're out, you know, even though uh, Hicks had that monster home run in the first game of the series, he's, he hasn't been hitting that well this season. Same thing with uh, Joey Gallo. Right. Oh yeah. That middle of the order, though, I mean, it's it's still scary, you know, with Stanton and Judge and uh, Rizzo to an extent. Not not always, but mm. but and it's you know, um, I was gonna say it's left-handed heavy, but it, uh, no, it's not. Uh, Judge and Stanton both hit right, mm. I believe. Um, but you know, like I and said, that's one thing way- that never made sense to me. You got that short porch in right field. Why aren't you stacking up with more left-handed hitters? Mm-hmm. But I'm. I was going to say something about the Yankees. And I just thought about man, we are really disrespecting the Mets, aren't we? Uh, they're a National League team, anyways, and we, we don't really have to worry about them at at best until the World Series. You know? Yeah. 
And I've, uh, I've, I've seen people, you know, Mets fans talk about, oh, we weren't healthy. Wait till we get Scherzer and DeGrom back. And my first thought is, well, are we sure that we can count on DeGrom? Because right. his health has been an issue last year of some change. It's, you know, similar to Lance McCullers Jr. Same type of issue. Um, I mean, let's let's see what happens. I, I don't. I just don't. You know, um, when you when he's there, he's great. But yeah, it's like that's <laughs> I mean, like, your best of uh, your best ability is availability. What good right. is an ace if he can't get on the mound? There's not much. I can't say much else about them if about him if his if you know he's not pitching like. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. But, yeah. you know, that offense is good enough. That offense is their biggest problem. They only scored six runs in those two um, home-and-home series. Mm-hmm. I, you can talk about your pitching all you want, and this goes back to an argument I had with Alfredo because he, he hates Garrett Cole with a passion. You think he's overpaid. And I was like, but he did everything he could against the Astros. He went seven innings, eight strikeouts, only gave up one run. There's only so much you can do if you don't score. Right. And that's the problem the Mets have. I mean, this Houston Astros offense, it's rounding in the form right now. So it's better than it's been at any time, you know, at the beginning of the seasons. But you can't just score six runs in four games and think that's going to be enough to beat this team. Five games, because... No, I'm talking about the Mets. The Mets. Oh, that's right. We played them. They played twice here, right? Yeah, two here and two there. And two they there. only, they right. only scored six runs in those four games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know... I don't, I don't really know much about the Mets offense. I don't really pay attention to them. And it's, it's no disrespect. I just don't have time. Like, I barely have enough time to keep an eye on the Astros. So, um, I expect the Astros, no matter who they're playing, to take care of business because the offense is strong enough. Um, the starting pitching, when it's on, is top-notch. Mm-hmm. And then there's the bullpen. The bullpen... You know, I don't know, man. Like, I go back and forth. I've been going back and forth on this, right? Yes. And when Presley blew the the game, the first game against the Yankees, uh, the first loss against the Yankees, you know, I I told you, for a long time, I've been, or at least since he got back from the injured list, I've been, you know, silently advocating for, campaigning for Montero to take over in the closers role because Presley hasn't been the same. Um, and it's been long enough now. I mean, he got the save on uh, Thursday or, or yesterday we're recording on Friday mm-hmm. against the Yankees. And that was a big, obviously that was a big save. Um, he got, Oh, he got the save against the Mets or uh, no, he got the save on Saturday for the, the no hitter. Yeah. And that's big. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm still iffy on him. And I feel, but but at the same time, I look at Montero and I think he might be the best eighth inning guy you could ask for right now. The guy throws really hard and he strikes out, uh, 
at least one batter an inning that that he's that he pitches. It and it's like, like it's uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. <laughs> it is. It's a quandary. I mean, I, I feel like you know. Let's look at Presley's stats for this year's. 17 saves. His, I don't really like to go ERA for relief pitchers. I mean, if you give up two runs in one inning, your ERA would be damn near in the double digits, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The biggest issue that he's had this year so far is his strikeouts are down, and mm-hmm. it's it hasn't been this bad. His K per nine this year is 8.18. It hasn't been that low since 2016 back when he was in Minnesota. His walks are up, and his home run rate is up, well, compared to last year, which is why his ERA is like an entire run higher than it was last year. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I feel like you, because of the lockout and the rush spring training, you can be like, oh, well, maybe he just needs some more time. And then we'll see what's going to happen. But I, I think the Astros would be um, failing in their due diligence if they don't trade for another reliever at the deadline. I think that's the biggest issue that the team needs. Right. Because they're not trading for another catcher. Y'all can stop asking the team. You know, from, Just called up. No, 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 no. I'm saying the team from owner to GM to um, the staff to rotation, bullpen. Everyone trusts um, Martin. Martin. Um, yeah. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's he not going anywhere. I mean, you catch a no-hitter and two and immaculate innings in one game, you're not going anywhere. So Maldonado is, will be the starting catcher for the Astros for at least the rest of the year. Um, I think they also, they have, uh, you talk about people they trust, that's got to go to Yuli Gurriel as well. He's not getting tra- traded. He's not losing his spot. They're going to mm. let him, at the very least, make it through this year. And then... Um, I don't think I'll say it right here. I don't think Yuli or um, oh man, Maldonado are on this team next year. I mean, that's fair. I mean, they, given their age and given their drop in production offensively, or at least Yuli's drop, it's hard to justify to keep them around. At least Yuli, I think. Yeah, I think you can you can justify keeping Martine around a little bit because look, man, he's really good with, with these pitchers and he's really good with these Latin pitchers, you know, not uh, nothing against Castro or this new kid that's up that they just call up Corley. But I mean, he obviously knows how to get the, he's, he knows how to get the best out of a lot of these guys. I mean, look what he did with Javier during the no hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Framber has been lights out lately where he was shaky a little bit at the start, but he's been very good lately. Um, Valdez has picked it up. Garcia is pitching really well. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Maybe they do bring him back as a, in a part-time role next year. 
because we and, see and let's face time it, man. And, we see time and time again these prospects get pull get brought up and everyone falls in love with them and it doesn't go well the first time and especially when you're a catcher and you have to mm-hmm. learn the routines of you know 13 pitchers from the starting sorry from the starters to the relievers and everything and you're needed to come in and you know play a decent backstop and you have a team who has dreams and aspirations of winning another world series that's a lot to ask for that's a lot to put on one rookie's shoulder and let's be real man i mean sure every team wants a joe mauer every team wants a buster posey every team would love to have a mike piazza you know, in their lineup, behind the plate regularly. Um, everybody would love uh, uh, a Carlton Fisk, right? You know, mm-hmm. these guys that can mash, that can hit, that handle pitching snaps well. But at the end of the day, that's just not what the catching position is anymore. I mean, there aren't a lot of great all-around catchers left. And I feel like if you can – especially with a lineup like the Astros where one through seven, he may one through six, maybe one through seven. If Yuli is having a good day, I mean, you can't ask for much more offensively. If you have a threat up and down the lineup, mm-hmm. you know, you know, going at the, you know, stop the threats end at the, maybe the earliest, the seventh hole, the seventh hole, because if you have someone in the eight hole in the eight spot, maybe they come around. I mean, I think you can sacrifice, you know, a big bat or even a medium bat because let's face it, Martin isn't even a medium bat at this point. Um, But his thing is handling these cat, these pitchers very well. And again, like, like we were alluding to earlier, if it ain't broke, you know, especially with a lot of these guys who are still, all these pitchers are still very young you know, get the most out of them while you can. Yeah, I'm with you. And I agree with you, Sarah. I think the the days or of having that superstar catcher that can hit 300 with 20 bombs and also play excellent defense, I think those days are going to be few and far between. Like maybe this kid in Baltimore, Adley Rush, Rushman, I believe his name, maybe he can do it, but I the guy from uh, the kid from Toronto, he's hitting very well. Uh, Alejandro Kirk. Yeah. And that's about it, man. I mean, there's a couple of guys that are. Um, Remember when JT Real, Real Muto was the guy? Yeah. And commanding a lot of money and all that stuff. You want to guess his batting average right now? 212. 239. Oh, man. <laughs> that ain't any better. Mm. Another guy who got paid a lot. Um, oh no, not him. So I'm thinking the wrong person. Who was it that New York gave all the money to? McCann, right? Yeah. He might have been the last. Well, no, uh what's his name? Buster was really the last best hitting all around catcher. Adley Rushman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not looking too hard to – I don't know. I think we put too much on rookies now. Like, we expect every rookie to be a superstar off the bat. Sure. 
and some guys are just going to come up, they're going to struggle, and maybe they need to be sent down a couple more times, like what's currently happening with um, Torkelson in Detroit. Speaking of Detroit, wow, I've, I'm going to crash and burn with that pick, buddy. Yeah, I think so. To get to the wild card, and sh- are how many games under 500 are there? Let me check. Duke Tigers 29 and 45. So what's that? 16 games under 500. But still better than the Royals, baby. <laughs> if you look at some of these catchers, catchers that are hitting decently, you got Wilson Contreras from the Cubs. 283 who, average. Who, who has been traded to every team in the MLB right now. <laughs> Uh, 283 average with 13 homers and 44 runs scored. 44 runs scored, but he's on the Cubs. Yeah, he's hitting well, but they're not going anywhere. Uh, Salvador Perez is a great catcher, but he plays for the Royals, man. I mean, they're not doing anything. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, and, and he's, he's hurt. I'm gonna say he's he fell off compared to what he the numbers he put up last year. Yeah. The Royals always have guys they need to trade a year early, but they're, like, too loyal to them. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Will Whitman, their second baseman? Whitmore. Whitmore. Whit- huh. Whit- Mary Moore? No. See, now we're, just, <laughs> we're just throwing out names right now, aren't we? I'll find it. Let me let me reply. Merriweather, Merrifield, Merrifield. God damn, yeah. we went around the world for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have traded that man like two years ago because he was mm-hmm. too old. He's too old for the rebuild that they're going to right now. And God, I think he's what thirty-two right now. I think so. A lot of guessing going on tonight, but y'all <laughs> with Merrifield. <laughs> 33. Okay, so let's go. Yeah, I don't I don't know. That felt one of the things like, oh, we're gonna keep him because you know, we need someone for the fans to keep them happy while we go through this rebuild. It's like, well, your re- rebuild is still going, and it would be nice if you were trading him a couple away for some pieces. Mm-hmm. And instead, you got this 30, uh, 33-year-old who's currently hitting 228, and it's basically untradeable. Like, I understand being loyal, but there's some times where you need to cut bait and not just for you, but also send him to a better place. Right. Wow, that seems like a, you're going to kill him, but no. Send him to a better a better <laughs> team. Give him a chance at a rain. Now you're stuck in Kansas City and they're not going to be good for, what, another, what would you say, three years? Three? Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Am, am, am I being too optimistic? I think, uh, you know, look, I'm always going to have, I'm always going to be biased against against Kansas City, but uh, but you know I'm trying to be objective, and uh, I think that might be a little too generous still. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, 
So there's one team I want to talk about that I feel like people are just they're not really paying too much attention to. They're just accepting them for what they are and not paying attention to the numbers. Mm -hmm. This team, I want to see if you can guess. Yeah, they have a run differential of 131. So plus 131. So they've outscored their opponent by 131 runs in their all their games. And they currently have a record of 47 and 28. By comparison, the Yankees have a run differential of a positive 150, and they're 56 and 21. Hmm. So the run differential is in in the same ballpark, and those are the only two teams that have a run differential over 100. A positive one over 100, I should say. Hmm. The Dodgers. Yep. So, you know what that means to me? What's that? I think the Dodgers are are taking advantage of bad teams. I think they're a team that wins, will win a game by 10 runs, then lose their game by one run. So, the win differential is a plus nine. So, they look better on paper than what they actually are. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't understand how you have a run differential that high, but you have a worse record than the Astros. <laughs> you scored, well, I mean, that. Oh, we're doing math today. So they scored 131 runs. The Astros have scored 73 as of this recording. So the 58 runs better, but they're one game behind. They have almost the identical record. I don't know. It feels like the Dodgers, like, I feel an upset coming for them in the playoffs this year. Another one. And I don't even think. only hope. I don't even think it's going to be like something like the ALCS. I think they get knocked down the divisional series. That's my bold baseball prediction. Wow. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. And I, I think, you know, the big issue is going to be Mr. one Mr. Frederick Friedman Freeman. Yeah. Oh boy. I think that's that this is becoming a big distraction every day. Every passing day. He want that old thing back but the old thing already moved on. This came out of well the the story itself came out of nowhere. So you read the story, right? Yeah. Like, okay, for those who don't know, like during the offseason, while Freddie Freeman was trying to find, was trying to sign back with Atlanta, apparently his agent like gave them two contract offers and were like, you got two, you got an hour. Now, for those of you who don't know, whenever someone says you got such and such time during a contract, that means, or that usually means that they have another offer already on the table. Mm-hmm. So that's what Atlanta believed. They're like, oh, shit, they already have another offer. And they figured, you know, it had to be the Dodgers because they're the only team with with the opening at first base with the Muncie injury and, more importantly, the money. Right. Well, the willingness to pay money. I I don't know why the Yankees and Red Sox want to play broke all the time. (laughs) Um, But – 
basically after that happened, the Braves turned around. They traded for Matt Olson, gave him what was it, eight years, one hundred sixty-two million. I believe so. Yeah, and just pushed on and. A week later, uh, Freddie Freeman signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, after Freddie Freeman had his little sappy homecoming and he cried for about 45 minutes straight during the <laughs> game, uh, <laughs> the news came. Um, he was informed of everything that had happened. He got rightly pissed off and fired his agent. Now, we should say that the story that's come out is all alleged because, you know, of course, the agent came out and had his own little press forward. Like, I would never do such a thing. I've been working in industry for so long and blah, 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 and this, that, and the third. So all this, we're just, this is all speculation. There's no, like, smoking gun yet. But if this is true, and this is how... (laughs) Freddie Freeman left Atlanta. I mean, you got to be pissed right now if you're it's a tragic. <laughs> it's tragic, and if you're Freddie Freeman, it's tragic, man. I mean, look how much he cried because mm-hmm. he did not want to leave. He mm-hmm. wanted to be Mister Brave. He wanted to be like Chipper Jones and stay with that team his entire career. Yep. But his agent went to. Following the Just money wants to pay all those LA taxes, man. That's the one thing that always kills <laughs> me. It's like you have a bigger contract from LA, sure, but once you factor in the taxes you have to pay on, you know, you only pay those taxes on the games you play there in this in LA. So you, you're gonna factor in the 81 he plays and then whatever game, you know, whatever he does in L and you know California. But yeah, all those taxes compared to the taxes that you would have to pay living in Georgia, plus the cost of living is much cheaper in Georgia than it is in California. Heck yeah. Like I uh, um it, Georgia any day. It had to be something like like the only reason that I would take that like that contract it was Freeman uh, the Dodgers contract is if the Braves offered me something insulting like two years 16 million like mm. then right. you could you could make you could say okay they don't respect me I'm getting the hell up out of here but if they were remotely close and you were already happy I feel I feel the same way about Freddie Freeman that I feel about Mike Trout when people try to say poor Mike Trout. It's like, you made this choice, buddy. At some point, you got to take responsibility for this. And yeah, you can cry, you can feel sad and, and, you know, say that you didn't want want to go this way. You wish you could say that can be true and everything, but dude, you're the client. You could t- t- tell your agent, this is where I want to be. I don't want any other bullshit. Let me stay here. Right. Oh. It's going to get ugly for the for the Dodgers. I mean, they're already talking. I mean, who was it? Uh, Clayton was Kershaw guy? said something. Clayton Kershaw, yeah. It was like, you know, I hope he's you know, I hope he can put all that aside and, you know, 
focus on us is you're number one now. Like when when a Hall of Fame pitcher like that says that publicly, I mean that's huge. That is that is nothing to overlook. That's nothing to um you know uh it's nothing to it, it, I'm I'm sorry. It's nothing to overlook. I mean, really, that's all I can say. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the only the only reason he's saying it publicly is because that's how they feel privately. Absolutely. But what's done is done, and at some point, Freddie Freeman has to. He's got to get it together, mm-hmm. and he's got to remember: Hey, they are paying me a lot of money, and we are trying to win a title. Um. And they are counting on now that, but they people are counting on me. Yeah, I think I think most people will give him that one day of emotion, and everything. But after that, it's, it's time to get back to work. Yeah, I mean the Dodgers won a World Series that you know happened in a regular season. They haven't mm-hmm. had one of those in damn near forty years. Yeah. God, the eighties are almost forty years ago. I mean, you know, the mid eighties. <laughs> Stop! Don't 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 make me think about that because yeah. every time I think about <laughs> the fact that the nineties were thirty years ago, I feel my my knee just aching. Mm-hmm. God damn road. Uh, getting back to the Astros before we Mm -hmm. move on to the uh, the jerseys uh, Mm -hmm. or the apparel I I spoiled it (laughs) I guess I spoiled it no I'm glad you said something because I completely forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, overall look I think I think this team it's amazing what what this organization has done over the past what seven years and five six years or so mm-hmm. without making with the exception of Cole and Verlander other than that they really haven't made huge splashes in free agency um, at the trade deadline with the exception of Cole and Verlander mm-hmm. and the fact that they have been so successful without having to make all these moves you know, you have to feel confident. You have to uh, have faith in the front office at this point that they know what they're doing. Uh, so let everybody make all their moves. Let, because it seems to work. When when the Astros don't make a big splash, they still find a way. They still have the pieces. Everybody still comes together. Um, and they've made it work over the past few years. So for as much as I, for as much as I don't, uh, or for as much as I'm not a fan of Presley, mm-hmm. if they stick with him and stick with Montero in the eight, you know, in the eighth inning, Stanek at seven, and the rest, and Maton and the rest of that, uh, the rest of the staff. I still like their odds. I still like, and then on top of the fact that you have McCullers coming back within the next month, 
Uh, Oda Rizzi coming back as well. Oda Rizzi coming back. The lineup is almost healthy. Alvarez should be back hopefully soon. Yeah. Speaking of pitching, they got, you know, Hunter Brown going crazy in AAA. And um, they, ju- they just announced um, our favorite prospect, uh, Forrest Whitley, is going <laughs> to start for the um, Space Cowboys. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, it's – I think the team is in good shape. Yeah, me too. I I want to see what happens at, at the trade deadline, see what other teams do. Mm-hmm. And that's it, really. I mean, I look at this. There's no team that really puts the fear of God into me. Hold on. Exactly. Let me, let me knock on some wood so I don't curse my – damn team um the one team you know i'm always worried about is the uh the tampa bay rays but they have not been very raised this year Mm -hmm. Uh, and the division oh this one thing i want to talk about because I, i heard this on a podcast do you think the angels should look into trading mike trout or shohei atani Um, uh, no. Because they clearly don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so if you were to get prospects or something like that, how how much of an impact is whatever you ask for, whatever you get in return for either of those players, what kind of impact is it really going to have on the future of your organization? Given the fact that they haven't been able to put together a competitive team with those two guys already around them. Um, and at least you'll have fans coming to the ballpark to see Otani. At least you'll have fans coming to the ballpark to see Trout. Um, if I'm Otani or Trout, do I want to get out? Yeah. Um, you know, of course. But if you're if you're the Angels, you might as well hang on to him. Maybe Otani you get rid of because He'll be a free agent a lot sooner. At least, you know, I guess it's better to get something in return. But uh, so this is why I'm asking that question. So you have Otani this year. Next year is his last year arbitration. Um, Probably going to break the record for most money awarded in arbitration. (laughs) And then he becomes a free agent in 2024. Mm -hmm. And there are been reports that he wants to break the record of the highest annual salary, which is about I think 46, 47 million. Sure, sir. Uh, I believe that is what it is right now. Yeah. So how can you, you're going to be paying, if they decide to re-sign Shohei and give him the contract that he wants and rightfully deserves, you're going to be paying him, what, okay, let's say 48 million, Mike Trout, 37 million, Anthony Rendon, 38 million. Let's go to the old handy dandy uh, calculator. <laughs> Forty-eight plus thirty-eight plus thirty-seven. That's one hundred and twenty-three million dollars for three guys. Oh man, yeah. I mean, 
if anything, if anybody, you're going to get rid of Otani. Because Trout's not going anywhere for a while. I don't think any, even even for Mike Trout, I don't think anybody wants to take on that. Contract. We can both agree that Anthony Rendon isn't going anywhere, correct? Oh, yeah. We can no. give a I mean, this is Jason Worth. This is um, he is definitely buying, not renting in uh, California right now. Yeah, this is Jason Worth. This is Albert Pujols. You know, second half Albert Pujols. You know, all over again. And the one thing about Anthony Rendon is like all the signs were there. He was quote unquote injury prone mm-hmm. back when he was playing for Rice. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was expecting you just to say Washington. No, I heard the injury prone <laughs> label when he when he was, you know, in the draft and they were talking about him like, oh, well, he's always come up with soft tissue injuries, this, that, and the third. And that's a that's a thing that dogged him his entire major league career. That guy's gonna be making basically thirty-eight million dollars for the next four years from uh, 2023 to 2026. Mm-hmm. And Mike Charles making $36 million a year. You know, he should. He's been the best player in baseball for damn near a decade. Yep. But if I can just looks like to be back on track. For what? This? Uh, oh, track. oh, I'll try. Yeah. yeah. I was, if this year, they don't make the playoffs. I think in the all season they have to give real consideration to trading Mike Trout, especially if he has a Troutian year again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta, you gotta really think about trade him. Get whatever super. Maybe you get a superstar. Maybe you rebuild your um your farm system up and then you can build around Otani and Rendon and hopefully find a pitcher or two, but I don't think, I don't know because you can't just continue to throw this team out here and not even sniff 500. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're damn near coming up on a decade of Mike Trout's last play. Oh, only playoff appearance <laughs> 2014. Yeah, and man, the thing is, does anybody want to take on the rest of that contract? I mean, it's it's a crazy thing to ask considering it's Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. But does anybody want to take it? I mean, I think that's still a fair question. I think more teams will line up to take it now than the era before because you had the universal DH. So as he ages and moves away from center field to one of the corner outfield and then to the DH in his late 30s, yes, you can do that. I just wonder, like, for me, it's got to be a team that has – the talent and the prospects to give back and also that's close to playoff contention because right. you don't want to be, for him to be back in another 
um, angel situation where you get traded to another team and you're still struggling to get 500. Mm-hmm. And so there are only uh, the two, three teams that fit that bill. Can I take a guess who you would consider? Yeah, go ahead. Take a guess. The Mets? Ooh, yes. You, I'm not sure they have the prospects. They definitely would have the payroll and would take him in. Mm-hmm. I don't know they have the prospects. I haven't seen where their their farm system ranks compared to all the rest of MLB. The Padres? Mm. I think they have the the farm system they would have to move um either myers or hosmer (laughs) you say that like (laughs) that 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 last says it all (laughs) you say that like that's a difficult decision i i say it's not a difficult decision the problem is who wants them (laughs) right right, no hold on that i get uh, before let me go see how much uh they're both making Hosmer has oh after this year his his oh you know what Will Myers this is last year he has a club option for next year and that but the, uh, it's a twenty million dollar club option I can almost guarantee you that is not getting picked up yeah. Eric Hosmer he's getting paid twenty million twenty million this year but for the next three years it goes down to thirteen. So 13 and 2013, 14 and, and ah, 2023, 20, 24, and 25. Sorry. I mean, oh, he also has an opt out after this year, but he's, is he going to find better than what's this? Three years, basically $40 million on the free agent on the, Open market at 33? No. So he probably opts into the rest of that contract. Mm-hmm. But that con- that's a hell of a lot easier to stomach at 13 million than 20 million. All right. So that was, that's a possible. There's one team that you missed that's also in California, just like the Padres. Eight. Talking about the Dodgers? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. They, I'm looking at the uh, preseason farm rankings, mm-hmm. preseason farm rankings going into the season, and the Dodgers still have the fifth best ranked uh, farm system. Mm-hmm. Considering all the moves that, and the money they've spent, that's astounding. So. That would be a no-brainer to send him there. It's just what down the street, basically. You say down the street like that is a thirty-minute drive in LA traffic. Hour and a half, maybe. Man, that's it. That's honestly, I think we named those three teams. Baltimore has the prospects, but they're not winning. Boston, who knows? Chicago, oof. I don't know what the fuck they do. I'm talking about the White Sox. Yeah. Cleveland is part of the Sisters of the Poor. Detroit <laughs> is messed up. 
man, I as a homer pick, I would I would love Houston to do it. I just don't think they have the prospects for it. Mm-hmm. Royals, no. Minnesota, sister of the poor, poor. New York, wannabe sister of the poor. They have the prospects. But they be acting cheap as fuck sometimes. I got <laughs> Oakland, sister of the poor. Um, Seattle, now they would do a trade. I don't know what their prospects look like. But they're not. They're, they are literally 37 and 41, just like the Angels. <laughs> well, I'm thinking if you trade my trout, you don't do it at the trade day line. You do it after the season because you'll have more um, teams willing to basically fool themselves into thinking that they can do they can do something it's like that um that scene from arrested development it didn't work for those people but maybe it'll work for us <laughs> uh so seattle going to next year they gotta do something that they, they regress so much mm-hmm. tampa bay poor texas Oh man, I mean, they've taken advantage of the poor play from Seattle and LA to get up to second in the division, but it'll be like going to, it'll, I mean, he might as well just stay in Los Angeles. I mean, the way they spend money on offense and never develop pitching, there is uh, there's no difference, in my opinion. That feels like um, back in the olden days when Alex Rodriguez went there. Yeah. I mean, they spent all their money on Corey Seager. <laughs> Seager and Simeon. One of those is worked That's out right. better than the other. Yeah. Toronto? I don't know what their their farm system looks like. Although there's an 85% chance Trout and Springer run into each other. So, <laughs> right. Arizona. Does Trout really want to go to Toronto? He it's seems Toronto. like an all American boy that is proud of the US of A and mm. might not want to go across the border. Uh, I don't know. Uh, move going nationally. Arizona, no. Atlanta, they be playing broke too. Yeah. Oh, Matt Olson, eight years, hundred sixty-eight million. So it's off by six million. Chicago, no. Cincinnati, oh god. Sisters of the poor. Colorado, no. Dodgers, we already spoke of. Miami. Okay. They definitely have room in the pay in their payroll, and they have a bunch of young guys. Mm-hmm. You might be able to talk me to Miami trade for Mike Trout. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know. Are you killing my buzz here, buddy? (laughs) 
Um, Milwaukee, Sister of the Poor, Mets. Man, I feel like the Mets and the Dodgers are the most logical places. Mm-hmm. And I got a pipe dream with the uh, Marlins. Oh, they may not have. I was going to say they may not have money, but their owner does not give a damn. <laughs> he actually tweeted today and said, oh, my, it's my favorite day of the year. Happy uh, Bahia Vanilla Day. Because <laughs> they still got to pay uh, Robinson Cano $24 million next year. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia. No. Are Bryce Hyper and Mike Trout cool? I think so. All right. Harper took less money. Mm-hmm. In order to uh, let his team build a team around him, and they still haven't. <laughs> and they decide to say fuck defense, and they are paying for that now. Yep. Uh, Pittsburgh always likes to be broke. San Diego, now that I know that um, Myers and um, Hosmer's contracts aren't that big of an issue, maybe. Yep. Giants, no. St. Louis, no. Washington Nationals, they are they're dealing with the, trying to sign their own superstar outfielder right now. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. You Just give him the Mike Trout contract, put like <laughs> five million extra on it, and go. Like, stop fucking around with superstars, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Steven Strasburg makes $35 million this year in the next four years. How much? $35 million a year this year in the next four years. Oh, boy. He signed that huge contract after uh, the Nationals won the World Series. Seven years, $245 million. That's right. Yeah, that's Unbelievable. Uh, and he's currently dealing with a, let me make sure I get this right, stress reaction of the ribs. All right. He got paid, like I said, after 2019. And in the three seasons since, he has started eight games. $35 million times three years divided by eight. That is thirteen million per start. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, let's finish up with our last um, baseball-related content. The San Diego Padres released their City Connect jerseys today. 
Um, I will let you go first. Give me your thoughts on them. And I, I think we're in agreement that we kind of, I think we favor the same City Connect jerseys because I just, I've seen so many of these and I don't like any of them. I, I or Oh, tell the people which ones we. Uh, we both agree on the Chicago Washington, White Sox. Chicago White Sox and the Mar- Miami Marlins, correct? Uh, I'm just going to say the, the White Sox because I, I can't find a picture of the Miami one. Let's see. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I mean that's all right. <laughs> I can't believe ESPN has a like a ranking of all the City Connect jerseys, but they don't have the picture of the entire Miami Marlins jersey. It's just a patch, like yeah, it's just a patch that. that's having the side. Uh, yeah, I would say the White Sox is probably the best. And if I have to be a homer, you know, I'll say the Astros. But even when we first talked, when we first started talking about these jerseys, I still wasn't like thrilled because it's it's just a darker shade of blue that you know, and they're not winning in those jerseys. So I think uh, the first time they wore them, Odorizzi got lit up. Yeah. yeah. If I had to pick another one, maybe the Angels, because it just has a, a like a throwback look to it, like a. 70s look, but I mean, it's okay. But man, those uh, those Padres jerseys are I mean, it's like they it's almost as if they got Ray Mysterio Jr. to to help design them. I push back against the, the Angels jerseys because they look like just ga- gas station attendant uh, <laughs> uniforms. I, I can dig the simplicity of it. The ones I think I hate the most are the Dodgers and the Cubs because they're like they didn't even try. They're exactly. That was exactly what I was thinking, especially with the Dodgers. The Dodgers look like they forgot about the City Connect ones and just grabbed the old jerseys they had out of some like um, Latino day. Celebration, <laughs> right? Because they just say Los Dodgers on them. It's like that's it. And then the Cub ones, the Cub ones, they have like they. It's like they have the pattern of Chicago, the Chicago streets on them, I believe. And on front it says Wrigleyville, and yeah. they're just boring. And also, they if you when you compare them to the White Sox, it's. It's like they didn't even try. Both the uh, both the Dodgers and Cubs turned in their assignments at the last moment. <laughs> and uh, man, uh, I got nothing to say about the Diamondbacks. I, whatever. Yeah. And the the Milwaukee ones, the the font on the jersey looks like the font of some Disney XD TV show. Watch the <laughs> Brew Crew Saturdays at nine a.m. Exactly. I was like, they can't be serious with this. Uh. 
And so I have two theories on why I don't like any of the City Connect jerseys. Why is that? Well, the first theory is baseball is a boring sport full of white guys. So when white people in charge try to make something look cool, it looks shitty as hell because they don't know what cool is. Okay. And and theory number two, I'm just an old head. (laughs) Maybe you're not that old because if the old white guys are thinking, oh, this is what the kids will like. And you don't agree, then maybe you're still with it. No, I was with it once upon a time, but then they <laughs> changed what it is. I'm just old and feeble. I feel like if they're going to do something like that, and I know, you know, these multi billion dollar corporations have to adhere to standards and kind of some uniformity uniformity i guess i don't even know i don't even know if that's a word but oh sorry i'm scrolling right now add the uh san francisco giants to the list of we barely tried (laughs) i feel like if you're gonna try and do something like that why not make it interactive why not make it make it into a turn it into a contest and have fans you know who are graphic design artists or you know just art just artists in general design these jerseys and have fans vote on them. If you're going to do something like this, if you're going to do city connect and call it that connect the city then and have your fan base have an, have say in it. And then what do you know? You have people engaged in baseball, mm-hmm. probably maybe even people who don't even watch baseball. But you know what? There's an artist who doesn't have time to watch baseball or isn't a fan, but this is an opportunity. And all of a sudden they become engaged and they start, you know, maybe they start following it. I'm sorry. The San Diego Padres one looks like something I was seeing inside of Del Taco. (laughs) I'm just going to accept that I'm just old. And I don't know what cool is. Uh, but I don't think I don't think young people think this is cool either. Except for the White Sox. That Southside logo is, come on, that is incredible. It's the best by far. And the fact that ESPN put the Colorado Rockies on ahead of them makes me irrationally angry. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, we've been taking, we've been talking a lot of uh, baseball. How long have we been going? It's almost here, come on, an hour? Over an hour. Oh, so how do you feel? Do you want to continue going or do you want to uh, save our basketball talk for another time? I think we can save it. All right. So it's good. I don't want to be too long. I know podcasts, you know, the Joe Rogan, you can be four or five hours. (laughs) But nah, we'll save it there. Um, There used to be a podcast called the 10 minute podcast. And it was with three comedians. And it was fantastic. It was literally 10 minutes long, 10 minutes and 10 seconds at the most. 
and it was hilarious and it was concise and it was different every time. We, we could never do that. <laughs> we would have to have someone uh, in the Zoom corner with the wrap it up uh, thing from Dave from the Chappelle show, just hitting it. Wrap it up, B. Dead ass. They, their, their theme song would say some podcasts are slow and you don't know how long they last. That's why you're listening to a 10 minute podcast. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. What happened to it? They all got busy. No. It all was right. uh, originally, well, two of them got into some trouble. Oh, but, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they also got busy. Um, <laughs> busy getting into trouble. Yeah. All right. Well, um, then we'll save all the NBA talk. I mean, it's been a crazy 24 hours, I think. So. I want to think about that and get my thoughts jotted down and such. So we'll save that for uh, next time. We're also going to finally, you know, nerd out, talk about things like Obi-Wan and why Anthony hates a 10-year-old child. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I'll why. tell you right now, because they're annoying and and they're not mine, you know. Well, I have a nine, point- I have a nine-year-old and you are not wrong, my good sir. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll definitely get that. So that's two podcasts we got planned. Um, before we go, real quick, uh, Money in the Bank UFC. Oh yeah, did you say UFC? Either one. I Man, forgot. It's a big weekend. I know. I all go down in Vegas too. Yeah, I don't know why they uh, WWE thought it was a good idea to put on to try to go um, up against UFC. Yeah. And this is like one of the better cards on paper. That's all people have been saying that is a is a good card. Mm -hmm. So, and they try to do it in a football stadium. Yes, at first, like that's crazy. As much as I love Money in the Bank, I think it was insane, an insane idea. Yeah, you want to give any? You want to do Money in Bank predictions before we get out here? Oh man, who is? in the match, I've, I've fallen behind. I don't even think they've announced everyone in the men's money in the, in the bank match at this time. Oh, there's still spots. Excuse me. There still e- spots I, left. Hold on. Okay, I'm on Wikipedia right now. <laughs> and this says for the men's match, Seth freaking Rollins versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus versus Omos versus Sami Zayn versus Riddle versus Happy Corbin or The Miz or Mad Cat Moss or Ezekiel. <laughs> so I guess they're doing a fatal four way for the last spot between Corbin, Miz, uh, Moss, and Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Um, no offense, I don't think any of those guys are going to win. Yeah. Also, once again, another card with only six matches on it. Thank you, WWE, <laughs> for respecting our time. Um, let me just go through all the matches. I think we can get the two women's uh, championship matches out of the way. Bella versus Carmella and Rousey versus Natalia. Are we oh. We're both picking the champs to 
Defend. Yeah. yeah. Retain. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the other uh, theory defending his U.S. championship against Bobby Lashley. I think they, they've got to find a way to keep the title on theory if they're really going to set up this match with John Cena to make him look strong, to make him to to make it to make it make sense to have a match with, with Cena, not and not just because they kind of look like each other when they were both 25. Mm-hmm. So I think somehow theory retains. The only thing I think of is like they don't need the U.S. Championship in that match. Right. Correct. But I agree. Then, then again, there have been a bunch of matches that they've done that they need the title in that they left the title in. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see Lashley win. But I'm, I'm gonna go with you, Theory. Uh, well, the Usos defending. Their undisputed tag team championship against Street Profits. Oh man, it's, it's all about the Usos. It's all about the that family, <laughs> the bloodline. I'm just gonna go with the Street Profits. Okay, that's, that's hard overhead right there. It'd be a big win. I mean, it would be huge. Yes, sir. Uh, the women's money in the bank ladder match: Lacey Evans, Alessa, Blick, Alessa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Rachel Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say Gonzalez. My bad. Uh, Oscar Shotzi, Becky Lynch. Oh man! Uh... I don't know. I feel. I think it's going to come down to Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Mm. I'll go with I'll go with uh, Liv. Man, I think it's either Liv or Lacey Evans because mm. they've been pushing Lacey on us hard. That's yeah. true. Uh, but I'm going Liv. That's another hard overhead moment. Yeah. And then the men's match, like I said, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus. Omos, Sami Zayn, Riddle, and then either Corbin, Miz, Madcap, or Ezekiel. I'm taking those four out uh, um, immediately. Can we say just how incredibly dangerous it is to have a not very athletic seven-foot giant uh, participate in a match like this? I would say yes, but we've seen enough ladder matches with the big show to see they'll fumble the way around it. That's true. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a poor well, choice they, word. If they'll find if, a way if, around it. If they bring out the, the big show ladder, the, mm-hmm. the reinforced ladder, yeah, maybe. But that's a that's a weird call putting him in that match. Because he he's not a high flyer like Kane was, like the Undertaker was. For their size. Um, He's going to have two spots in the match. And one of them is going to be him whooping everybody's ass. And the other one's going to be everyone putting him through tables or a a bunch of ladders, (laughs) something like that. Yeah. That's what he's there for. He better be ready to, he better have the Advil ready. Mm -hmm. Um, Man. I'm going to say, Sami Zayn. Ooh. I think that would be a, another wrinkle to that storyline that he's 
he's involved with with the bloodline. Not only does Sami Zayn win, but the Usos come out and help him win. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he wins like, hey, you know, I'm the one person in the locker room that wouldn't use on your buddy old pal. Right. Man, imagine Matt's- if Brock beats Roman at SummerSlam and Sammy cashes in and hands the titles back to Roman. Oh, I was going to say uh, Brock wins and then Roman bullies Sammy into giving him the briefcase. <laughs> right. That you, you really want to be about this family, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, there's so many ways that they could play that would be great if Sammy Zayn won. And that's that's where I was going to pick, too. That's what I want to see. That's awesome. Mm. Uh, and I think Sammy Zane. Ooh, that looks foul. Sorry, I'm watching the Astros Angels game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I'll get you Sammy Zane. Cool. What was it? Only what did we disagree about? The Usos and Street Profits. Is that it? Yes. Can we, uh, I think Bobby Lashley. If I did, I apologize. I'm taking theory. All right. Uh, real quick, anything you want to say about UFC 276? Yeah, the title matches are going to be really good. <laughs> Was that the right number? I believe so. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, uh, this e- 276, yeah, I was right. Yep. Go ahead, man. Give me everything you got on the matches. Uh, The title matches are going to be good. The champion in the main event, uh, Israel Adesanya, has a big test against against Jared Cannonier. The guy has fought at heavyweight, at light heavyweight, and now middleweight. Mm -hmm. So he has a lot of power in his hands. Uh, and he's not afraid to take a punch. So I think he's going to, I think he's going to be a little more aggressive against someone like Adesanya who has, uh, you know, he's a striker. He's a kickboxer primarily. So uh, I think it's going to be an interesting fight. The Kome event is a rematch. It's a third time that the third time Alexander Volkanovsky, who's the champion is facing Max Holloway, uh, Volkanovski has beaten him twice, one to take the title and then retain the title. And they're fighting a third time because there's just no one else for Volkanovski to, to face. He's taking care of the division. And Holloway has fought his way back to a rematch, which is insane. So it's going to be a good fight. What match are you most excited to see? The championship match? I'm going to say the, the main event because this is Kennedy's first time fighting for a title. Mm-hmm. And you're always interested to see how uh, a first-timer, you know, handles the spotlight, you know, handles the, the assignment. Let's see if he's got it in him to become champion. All right. And... Uh... Your predictions, do both champions walk out champ? 
both lose, one win, one loses. Man, uh, one shall stand, one shall fall. Whew, boy, I think we get a man. I'm gonna say and new for the main event, mm-hmm. and still for the co-main event. All right, you heard it here. Go put your money on Anthony's predictions. Hurry, go. <laughs> we'll see. Put all your Bitcoin on Anthony's prediction. <laughs> oh, speaking of Bitcoin, real quick. Sorry. So, like last year, I like won some Bitcoin from Cash App. They gave me fifteen dollars of Bitcoin in like November, I think it was. Wow. Yeah, one of those things on Twitter where they like, oh, send us your Cash App name and we'll send you um, some Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I did, okay. So I got like $15 in Bitcoin from them. Do you want to guess how much that Bitcoin is worth now? Oh boy. How much was it worth when you got it? <laughs> Let's see. This was November 19th and it was $15 of Bitcoin. So just $15. No, what was Bitcoin selling for at that time? Um, that- ooh, that's a, I have no idea. Back in November, what did I say? November nineteenth, it was uh, over fifty-eight thousand. Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh my God! And it's down to nineteen thousand today. Yeah. Um. Damn, the Astros are, are up eight. To, Chaz McCormick hit a two-run home run, eight to one in the third. Oh, it's scary hours. This offense wakes up. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was once worth fifty-eight thousand. It is now worth nineteen. Hmm. Oof. Uh man, is it four dollars? <laughs> like... uh, it is $7.53. Yeah. <laughs> so almost half of his value is gone. <laughs> Which is why I never believed in that funny money. But just hang on to it. <laughs> that thing is gonna be worth 50 cents in three months. Uh, but anyway, so that's it. Um, like we said, we'll be back later. Talk about uh, basketball, nerd out a little bit. Also want to talk about how the uh, Flash actor has become the Riddler. <laughs> but that'll be a later episode. Anthony, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Always. Especially when we're on here talking for over an hour, like always. And um, thank you all for listening, subscribing, downloading, sharing. We appreciate it with all our hearts. Absolutely. All right. Let's get out of here. But Anthony, I'm De Quincy. Laters.